Good morning. It is uh, it's great to be here today and to have the opportunity to share with you. Thank you to uh, Pastor Rod and Kurt for giving me this opportunity, uh, among the plethora of other speakers that could have been here today as well, I guess. So I'm, I'm glad for the opportunity to be here. I also bring you greetings from AMBS President David Bushert and other faculty and staff at the seminary. President David returned last week from teaching a two-week course to our 27 students in Ethiopia. That was the second of three courses being taught in Ethiopia this summer by three different faculty members. As part of our commitment to the global Anabaptist community to provide resources for theological education that strengthens Anabaptist identity in the churches of Mennonite World Conference. Nearly half of our 120-ish students are from outside North America, and AMBS is an increasingly diverse and welcoming place for all students. To further introduce myself, I've been in this role uh, with AMBS from, since February of 2021. Prior to that, I was a pastor for 30 years, serving in three congregations, all in the Indiana-Michigan Mennonite Conference, and we currently attend Prairie Street Mennonite Church, where one of our co-pastors is Sunitha Millsaps, the Executive Director of Mennonite Women USA, which some of you may have heard before. My spouse Joy and I have two adult children, and also a daughter-in-law and two grand dogs. Yeah. <laughs> For the time being, we all live within 10 miles of each other, and so we are able to see each other and spend time together often, and sometimes um, babysit for those grand dogs, too. I also want to say thank you to Portland Mennonite for your support of AMBS through the years. Last year, you gave in the neighborhood of $950 through Mennonite Education Agency as well as the direct support you provide to and through students from your congregation, including current students Deb Coates and David Johnson and Felicia Coloni. Uh, I spoke to Felicia last week in the hallway and she said to give you big love uh, from her that, uh, and, and she, I, I quote her, she said, you changed her life and she is there today because of this congregation. So kudos to you for that. AMBS depends on congregations, and I would say the church depends on congregations like Portland Mennonite to tap people on the shoulder and give them opportunities to test their call and to encourage them to further study and to, and to uh, pursue that calling at places like AMBS or other places or other theological institutions. Thank you for doing your part to call and raise up leaders for the church. And before I forget, I just wanted to mention that I had some things left over from the conference yesterday. There's a stack of post-it notes and little Hershey's kisses on the, on, the, on the table back there, and I'm not taking them with me, so you, uh, you take them and use them. Would you pray with me? God, we are grateful that we can be here today and to hear the words of your scripture and to reflect on what they mean for us today. And so now may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts together be acceptable unto you. Amen. When was the last time you reconciled a bank statement? Is that a thing you still do? 
I have to admit, I, I can't remember the last time I tried to reconcile my checkbook. And as I was reading through that this morning, I thought, how many people still have checkbooks? I think my pe people my age do. I'm not sure about many younger people. But when I got married 37 years ago, we, we negotiated an arrangement according to our gifts and abilities. And we decided that caring for the checkbook was better suited to my spouse than to me. And she's been the keeper of our books for all of those years. And I think for us, we, we more or less trust the bank to, do, to get it right. And we don't check very often, which is probably not a great practice. Um, but in case you haven't done it in a while, reconciling a bank statement involves comparing the bank's records of, of the account with your own records of activity for the same account. And the purpose is to locate any differences between the two versions and to update your records to match those of the bank, as well as possibly to spot any errors that they may have made. So your reconciliation is needed to ensure that your balance is the same as theirs. Or maybe another way to say it is that you're bringing together your record of the account with the bank record and bringing your record into alignment with theirs. And most often, your account is the one that needs to be changed. Although, you know, as I said, it's possible that someone at the bank transcribed a number and made a mistake. So you're bringing your records together to make them consistent. Well, there's a line in the AMBS mission statement that really stands out to me. I find myself repeating it more often than any other, but it says AMBS serves the church, educating followers of Jesus to be leaders for God's reconciling mission in the world. Educating followers of Jesus to be leaders for God's reconciling mission in the world. Well, over the next few minutes, I want us to consider what we believe God is up to in the world. What is, what is God trying to accomplish at the most maybe fundamental sense of that? Or, or what is God's mission in the world? What is God doing? And how has God invited us, as God's called out people that we call the church, to be part of that mission? Well, so a good place to start is the beginning, right? So back to the book of Genesis and the start of that story um, of, of God's relationship with God's created human beings. And don't worry, I'm not going to go through all of it, but just a short version. So in Genesis 1 and 2, you know, we hear the story of creation. Uh, and then in chapter 3, we hear about disobedience and sin and estrangement from God. We heard that passage this morning. Adam and Eve break the rules and willfully disobey God and create a break in their relationship with God. And what I particularly want us to notice here today is that from the start, as God experiences this distance from these human beings, is that God responds by looking for them, by reaching out to them in an effort to bring them back into relationship. God calls for them. Where are you? God is seeking intimacy and connection that was there from the moments of creation and now recognizes that something is different. They're, they're hiding. There's shame and there's guilt and it seems 
for a moment that everything has changed. Well, not everything changed, right? God has not changed. God, God who created these human beings is still the same, and God reaches out to them to bring them back into relationship, to reconcile with them. God does not change to be like them. God reaches out to them to bring them back into alignment with God. And it works. Well, sometimes, for, for limited amounts of time, maybe, but we see glimpses of what relationship with God can be like in the stories of Abraham and Moses and Samuel and David and Elijah and Isaiah, just to name a few. But they also, those, those also all have their failures and disappointments and, and disobedience. There is still ultimately broken relationships and unfulfilled promises. Until Jesus comes, at least. At just the right time, Scripture says. In Galatians 4, 4 it says, When the right time came, God sent his Son. When the right time came. When the time was right or was full, Jesus comes to make a way for people to be reconciled with God. And we could say that not only to make a way, but also to be the way. And then Paul, the apostle, who within his own story also has moments of disobedience and even violence against God and God's people. Paul experiences reconciliation through a relationship with Jesus and then becomes a reconciler and a church planter, and a writer on God's behalf. Paul takes on God's reconciling mission, makes it personal as his own mission in the world. And Paul writes to the believers, one of these groups that he's planted in Colossae, and says, For in him, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God has, was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. Jesus, th- through Jesus, God was pleased to reconcile all things back to the perfection of God in the beginning. Jesus shows us the perfection or completeness of God in human form and becomes the standard for all of human life, the measure that all humanity is measured by. And Jesus not only shows us what, but the how as well. Not only is Jesus the measure of what we are to be as humans, but Jesus also provides the way that we can be fully human. Another scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verses 17 to 21 says, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Look, new things have come into being. All this is from God who reconciled us through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, 
be reconciled to God. For our sake, God made the one who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, it was, it was God's idea from the beginning. When God went looking for Adam and Eve to reconcile with all humanity and to invite us to be part of this mission to reconcile the world and to bring reconciliation to the world. God's mission in the world is to reconcile all things, humanity and all creation. And God invites us to be ambassadors or spokespersons for God, to share in the mission of reconciliation. This is what Palmer Becker speaks of in his book about Anabaptist essentials, that at the center of what it means to be an Anabaptist Christian is this work of reconciliation that God commends to us. We are called not only to live in right relationship with God for ourselves, but also with our fellow believers and also in the world, as well as inviting others into this life of faith and obedience through God in Christ. Let me tell you about a couple of people, students at AMBS, that I think are following this call, pursuing this call to be ambassadors for Christ. Ndunge Seifu came to AMBS in January of this past year. He and his family were living in South Africa most recently, but their original home was in the Democratic Republic of Congo. He was, uh, was called into ministry and was pastoring at a Baptist church in South Africa, but he had grown up in the Mennonite Brethren tradition. And during, during the pandemic, these last few years, he made a connection with University Mennonite Church in State College, Pennsylvania, through a, a, a mutual friend. And as he, he was connecting with them as they met, via Zoom, of course. And they became very involved, attending virtually everything on a consistent basis. Ndunge said they didn't miss a week. When the church learned that he, uh, he felt like he needed more theological education, he had, he had, the church there had helped him get his undergraduate degree, but he felt like he needed more and that he wanted to to grow in his understanding of, about Anabaptism. And so they told him that, they should, that he should study at AMBS where their former pastor is part of the faculty. And they agreed not only to, uh, that he should come there, but they agreed to sponsor him for the first year so that he would be able to get his student visa. And so Ndunge and his wife Michelin and their two teenage children came to Elkhart in the middle of the winter, and Ndunge began classes last semester, and Michelin, who is a, a lawyer in, um, in the uh, South Africa or uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, she is also going to begin studies in August. Now think about that. This, none of that would have happened without a worldwide pandemic, but it also wouldn't have happened without the Spirit of God moving amongst a congregation about what it means for them to share their resources and to uh, be ambassadors for Jesus. Another current student has a very different story. 
She's a mother of two young adult children who are now in college pursuing their own educational goals. She was very involved in her central Illinois church, uh, doing pastoral care, uh, especially during the pandemic when they were in the midst of a pastoral transition. And she was feeling the nudge to pursue that. She was a, she's a registered nurse, uh, but she felt like she was called into something more. So she decided to follow that calling and attend seminary at AMBS. And she could have chosen to do her study through our MDiv Connect track, take almost all of her classes online from her home, uh, like Deb Coates and David Johnson do. More than half of our students in the MDiv program do it that way now. But because her husband can work remotely and she preferred to study on campus, they both moved to Elkhart where they have an apartment on the AMBS campus and her husband commutes back to central Illinois when his job demands it. There are lots of paths that people take um, to get this done. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is a person who's a citizen of one nation who serves in another place as a representative of his home country, right? And as ambassadors for Christ, we serve in the world, but we are representing Christ, and our true home is the kingdom of heaven. And our mission is to invite people to be reconciled with God and with each other and to live lives more aligned with God's original plan a harmonious relationship of love and justice working together, walking together. Well, so what? Every message has a so what, right? I mean, what do we do with that? If that's our calling, what do we do with it? Let me offer just a couple of suggestions for thought and reflection, at least. Our are we as a community, are you as a community of Portland Mennonite, are you as an individual staying true to the values and standards of our home kingdom as found maybe in the Sermon on the Mount? Or we could say, where is your allegiance? An ambassador should not get too wrapped up in the affairs of the places that she lives, but must remember who she is serving. Or another question, are you, are, are we a reconciling presence in our community, bringing people together with love and justice? It's not an easy thing in our world right now to do that, a world that is easily divided into right and left, into red and blue. And those things could easily distract us from our mission, which is always about bringing people together. And as we, uh, as we move about in this mission, if, if or when our lives get out of balance, when we feel torn or lost or alone, we can stop and listen for the reconciling voice of God calling to us, where are you? We don't need to be afraid because God is not calling in anger or vengeance. 
God's call is always in love, inviting us to come back into the warmth of God's embrace and find again our true home. Would you pray with me? Reconciling God, you have called each one of us into being and called for us when we were lost. You have sustained us through the years and prepared a future with you for each of us. I thank you today for Portland Mennonite Church, for calling them into being and giving them a mission and a purpose in this community and this city. Sustain them by your spirit and fill them with love and compassion and energy to fulfill their calling in this neighborhood. And by your spirit's transforming power, reconcile us anew each day aligning us with your values and shaping us into a community of faith that welcomes all tribes and tongues, people and nations, so that we may more fully reflect your purpose to reconcile all things in Christ. Amen. I just want to say thank you again for the opportunity to share with you today. I will be around after the service and would enjoy meeting you. I would encourage you to check out the ambs.edu website and read about opportunities and resources we have available there. There's a link, I just want to point out one thing, to the recording of the webinar from this week by Drew Strait called Political Idolatry, Countering Christian Nationalism. And I think it's one that's worthwhile that everyone should watch. You would find the link to it there. And there's also, of course, an option to give, and I invite you to consider that as, you, as we close out our fiscal year as well. Thank you.